In 2020, a crackpot critical trio was sent into isolation by a killer virus for the safety of those around them. These men promptly went stir-crazy without a means to rant and rave with friends and co-workers. Today, unwanted by the government, they survive as homeworking podcasters. If you want to hear about popular culture, if you can't scratch the itch, and you can download a podcast, maybe you can listen to The Critic Guys. Welcome to the Crit Guys podcast. Uh, my name's Chris Davis. I'm joined tonight by Mr. Lawrence Tuck and Mr. Keith Edwards. Good evening. I don't evening. know why I always say I'm joined tonight, because I don't know when people are listening to this podcast, but I always say it's tonight, whenever you're listening to the day. Because you're Mr. Showbiz, and when yeah. you're Mr. Showbiz, <laughs> everything's at the Chris night. Chris Davis, I'm having that. The whole pitch is that it's Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday yeah. night. We've got we're, nothing better to do, yeah, so we're doing yeah, we're a podcast. We're saying we're doing it in the middle of the day. We just look like sad sacks with absolutely no lives, which could be well be true, but you know we don't want people to know that. We're trendsetters, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, what else are you going to do during lockdown? Mm, exactly. <laughs> Crack open a bottle of Prosecco and get going. <laughs> <laughs> that could have gone so many ways, Chris, and that's what you chose, <laughs> and I want you to deliver that. I'm glad your feminine side is coming out of you during lockdown, Chris. About four or five glasses into it. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <sighs> See, in, in most cases, that would be considered a problem. But during lockdown, it's normal behaviour. <laughs> yeah, my alcohol consumption has gone up considerably during lockdown. Not 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 to the point where I think I've got a problem, but <laughs> I'm not willing to admit that. But yet. to the point that other people think you've yeah. got a problem. Yeah, they, they, I keep having a number of interventions, but uh, <laughs> I'm just not taking them seriously. But the they don't understand is, me, man. They keep putting banners up and they keep talking at me, but I'm so half cut at the time. I don't know what they're saying or what or what, or what the banners are. <laughs> I like the fact that you don't judge it on how much you drink per day, but you judge it by how many interventions you have per day. I'm a- <laughs> I've already had five. I'm fine. It's only when I get to six or They're seven that I'll really worry about it. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. Mm. Uh, I, just, I, I just, it's nice. It's, it, that it's was good. brilliantly intercut with a moment with you sitting there pouring a glass of something. I think just refilling <laughs> your drink or, or, or knocking it back. Yeah, I don't know. There's just not much left in this bottle. We've been talking for a while before the podcast started, and I've got through quite a bit. We've only just logged um, on. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. uh, gentlemen, we said to, that we would talk about remakes, and um, but very particular. Keith, do you want to explain what you what you're meaning by me? Yes, remakes? this was um, all brought on by the uh, recent news that the uh, Snyder cut of Justice League is going to be released on HBO Max. And I was quite intrigued by not only the fact that it had been announced and it was going to happen. Um, that it was also um, the media reaction to it, fan reaction, and also um, people saying the un- the rumours that were going on that 
uh, Warner Brothers in particular didn't really want it to happen. Now, some of that I discount because obviously if they didn't want it to happen, then it wouldn't happen. They they own it, and that's that's the way it goes. Um, and and it's led to the rise of other films uh, of similar ilk. Um, for example, uh, Suicide Squad, and uh, the, you know, this goes all the way back to the original petition to reshoot the entirety of season eight of Game of Thrones because it was that bad. And I'll defend that it was that bad. Um, and um, I'm I'm just curious to see how you gentlemen feel about this sort of trend of a fans insisting on things on 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 the, that they re-edit or do films in certain ways and whether or not Hollywood should hold its ground and how we might feel in, in instances where they acquiesce I think we've got a, a the the thing with the Snyder cut of Justice League and I I'm pro the release of this is that it's been talked about since the movie came out Obviously, the circumstances mm. of that film coming out, um, the changes of director, etc., and uh, it, it, it was mentioned that 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 this the, what we were seeing wasn't representative of what Scott Snyder wanted to show. You mean Zack Snyder? Um, uh, Zack Snyder. Sorry, I've got the wrong one. Um, or I've just made him up. One or the other. I can't remember. Um, You're too drunk. That's the problem. <laughs> Um, so apologies for that. Uh, but it was mentioned, I remember at the time listening to reviews going, but this will be different if it was the Snyder cut of the film. And, uh, I think it was, it, it, that spiked my curiosity at no point since I've seen suicide squad. Have I gone, I wonder what a director's cut would look like where, so I don't know. It's, it's almost like, do you need to sort of throw it out there and go, we could do this slightly differently. You know, there is something, or is it particular because, because of the change of director and the circumstances of that film, it makes it acceptable for this one. I think I um, if we if we think about the a bit of background on the way films are often made in Hollywood, um, you are constantly getting issues of films where too many cooks are having their pennies worth. Um, in the making of the film. I think that's mixed metaphors, isn't it, Lawrence? (laughs) (laughs) Two metaphors just had a baby. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Um, And now that's all I can think about. I'm just, that's derailed me for half an hour. So, like, you'll have directors making films, you'll have producers telling them what to do. Um, Often they won't agree. Um, there are some infamous examples. Um, I remember the uh, American History X, the director of that film, uh, completely um, will denies all credit for it because he says it was taken out of his hands and right. um, finished by others. The dreaded studio interference. Indeed. Yeah, it, it, does he take his name? Does he put his name on that? I believe his name one? is on it. Um, okay. as far as I can remember, but they've got a name for films, haven't they? Like somebody Smithy. Alan Smithy is is, yeah. um, is a name that a director will use if he uh, doesn't want to take credit for it because <laughs> uh, it's so rubbish. Um, and uh, Alan Smithy's become somewhat of a cult hero. Mm. But never gives um, interviews. <laughs> you've got uh, Daredevil is an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. That was directed by Mark Stephen Johnson, who, bless him, I love Mark Stephen Johnson, um, 
because he he's so enthusiastic. This <laughs> uh, is the old college try every time. He, he he's so enthusiastic. He loves comic books. Um, yet he he's an incompletely in, incompetent director, but in a way that's charming. Um, <laughs> but Daredevil was completely taken out of his hands, and um, I think they released a director's. They have indeed. I have it on my DVD shelf. Is it any good? I'm not seeing it. It's, it's better I'm than the original it. cut, but it's, it's oh, there it's, you go. Uh, but but this is a um, it, it's the addition of new material as opposed to say the the Snyder cut, which will be new, completely new material. Things were reshot and everything, and he's and they're going to go back. I mean, this in some ways goes back to Richard Donner getting to do his edit of Superman two, which mm. we've discussed before, um, and. Uh, and his little things, I mean... He did, he did quite the opposite in many ways, didn't he? Because he insisted on not using any of the yes. material shot by the guy that came in, took Richard over. Lester, yeah. So he's... And, and I, I mean, this often happens in Hollywood, and we're hearing more and more about this. And I don't know if it's because studios get... I mean, it's one thing to have them do the film and then take it off them in the edit room. It's quite enough to order... I mean, reshoots are not uncommon in films. But to have a whole... Like a new director come in and redo most of the movie. Solo is a, is, a, is a good example of it happening recently, where the original directors were booted out and a new one brought in and reshot most of the film to a huge expense to the studio, to the extent that Solo didn't recoup its money. Which is not entirely Solo's fault. It's, I think it's a really good film and probably, probably made enough money, but because they made it twice, mm. it, it meant it made a loss. Which is a shame because it's not Solo's fault so much. No, I think like Snyder, the Snyder cut's going to include things like different lighting and stuff like that, isn't it? I know that the the, the whole scene at the end um, is going to be in a different color. Yes, because the original the, the original color palette for the movie, particularly as you say, the end finale scenes were all supposed to be blue, and in and and in the new one, well, sorry, not in the new one, but in the one that was actually released in cinemas, it's all red. Um, yeah. Whether or not that will make a huge difference to the quality of the movie, I, I, <laughs> I personally doubt. But but we'll get black and white Superman in this film, apparently. So Can, is it black and silver? He's in a different suit anyway. Um, um, the, there were pictures of him, I think, in the build-up that we never got to see in the film. So I think the Snyder cut's going to include. Snyder is um, to compare Snyder against uh, the guy that took over Just Whedon. Um, he's very much more visually artistic, Snyder. Um, and he, I, I can imagine him wanting different color palettes and, and so forth to other directors. He color, I, I find in his films very important to him. Um, he uses, uh, color and, uh, his visual storytelling, to, to, to a very significant degree. I remember the, the color of the, the red of the blood in 300 is, um, yeah, is really, uh, eye taking. And the color scheme in, uh, Watchmen, mm-hmm. uh, very yeah, atmospheric very, very movies, yeah. very atmospheric. Exactly. Yeah. And Joss Whedon is nothing against him, but he, he, he's just, he, he likes a couple of nice one liners, doesn't he? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm quite happy. Sucker punch as well. I yeah. mean, he 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 hit Pader with Avengers and Avengers: Age of Ultron, 
and they thought clearly in the studio that Zach Snyder's um, tragic personal problems at the time were enough to sort of heave him overboard and mm-hmm. and go in a different direction because their plan wasn't working. To be fair, one could make a good case to say that the Warner Brothers' plan of creating this universe at, in the speed that they were trying to go at um, was um, was never going to work, but they used it. It was ambitious, wasn't it? Yeah, and to, and to bring in um, someone who had a proven track record of a multi-hero franchise mm-hmm. would have set, would have, I'm sure, seemed like a good idea and given studio executives assurances but unfortunately he didn't have any of the background before i mean we'd only seen the flash uh, the flash in a email oh and a flashback <laughs> sequence but um uh yeah it, it but it, you couldn't have got any more different a director no. to, to to come in and it's in a, it's very jarring isn't it it is it is a, when you when you've got half the the vibe of the film is quite dark and brooding and the other half is quite jovial and and humorous and it, it it's quite jarring having the two styles in there yeah agreed and whether or not i mean to be fair no one's actually said that the snyder cut will be any good when it gets released whether or not it will be a um it will be what the fans wanted because people haven't been insisting on it but whether or not it actually means it's going to be any a, a good film is is up for debate surely and we won't know till we've seen it so that'll be something to uh I I don't mean, have in many available. ways in many ways it's just as valid to 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 think what would um joss whedon have made if he had um yeah, made it from scratch himself mm. i'm sure that would have been a better product as well mm. i think i'll have an issue uh, i'll have a a take on it depending on what what they sort of announce as their ongoing plans for the dcu uh, DC Cinematic, you should say. Um, because obviously we've got Wonder Woman, we've got Aquaman 2. I think they're still talking of Flash film, although Ezra Miller did something dodgy recently, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but they, if they announce that the plan is that it's going to be like a Justice League 2, you've got to think to yourself, okay, well, which version are they going with going forward? And if they're turning around and going, no, we're going with the one that we released at cinemas first time, HBO, that's, this is just a curio then you think to yourself, well, it's nice to see it, but I'm not going to give any weight to what I'm watching on that because, well, it's not going to bleed anywhere. If they turn around and go, well, we'll see what public reaction is, and if they really like this one, we'll use this as the model going forward, I will, I'll back it. I can't think they will, though, because they've already got Wonder Woman in the can and they're just doing, like, presumably post-edits and all that, getting ready to go. And Aquaman must be somewhere along the line, so they must be following on from the released cut of justice league surely so this film is going to be released go into the ether everyone's going to be aware of it and then you're going to be asked to forget a lot of it well it depends it depends also how cheeky Zack snyder's feeling because he always intended to do a justice league 2 it was supposed to be a two Mm -hmm. two movie sort of story and the idea of putting in dark dark side or seed or however you want to call him um, as the main villain rather than steppenwolf for the second mm-hmm. movie, you could tease that at the end and, and make fans, if if it's good, clamour for more. They should build him up as a character, just as an aside. That whatever they do, they need to build him up. He needs to be given the full Thanos treatment because this this is a serious big bad for DC. If they under under uh, represent uh, Darkseid, they've missed that. And it really annoys me saying Darkseid. I mean, we, Dark we had eight or um, so years <laughs> before Thanos turned up between his, yeah. first, his first appearance and then. 
when he but actually it meant rocks something up on when screen. He did. Yeah, and they handled it yeah. very, very well. But there is nobody bigger in DC as a villain. There's there's low level villains that you can see in an individual film. Like there's obviously more popular villains like the Joker and that. But in terms of the biggest bad, it's him, surely. I think what's interesting with DC films at the moment is that you've got their one-off films, haven't you? Uh, or what appear to be one-off films. So you've got Joker and you've got the new Batman film. Yeah, they look to be unrelated. Which, exactly, look to be very much unrelated. So uh, I think a lot of people have said that that's probably the way they should be going. Mm. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they've talked oh, yeah. about this. Though. I mean, they do, you know, if you use the same method as uh, comic books, you have perhaps ongoing storylines and, and ideas, but you can also have um, a, a complete pocket universe with an, a, a comic book writer and a, and the drawer go in and do a completely unique one-off piece of work. I mean, Hush, Hush for Batman was supposed to be a uh, a a uh, pocket universe. It was off to the to one side, but it was so popular it got drawn in. I mean, um, Alan Moore. Um, I can't. I cannot remember the name of the where Barbara Gordon is paralysed. Um, I cannot remember the name of it. Of the Killing Joke. The Killing Joke. Was it originally supposed to be just off to one side and not, it was just a, a one-off, a unique piece of work, but because of the paralysing of Barbara Gordon and everything else, that got made in, that got made it's part made of, canon, yeah, part of canon. Oh, well, until recently, but, you know. Uh, well, it was, it was canon until then, and then she just got the ability to. I'm not sure the storyline, but yeah, she was given the ability to. And they're not forgetting that that happened for having to walk again. Yeah, it was. It, it, they, I think they refer to it as Elseworlds normally. In yes, DC, that's the word I was trying. I was struggling with, but um, the question I sort of go sort of on from this is: Is this something that fan will it increase fan entitlement to know that if you protest against something? enough and say no this is rubbish for example and we've discussed this before there was a huge back uh, backlash against the last jedi mm-hmm. uh, and people From were you. saying you, you know this should be remade <laughs> should it be you know should should studios give into it into it because if the snyder cut is successful and hopefully it will be if it is it does give fans more push just to studios Studios will give in to anything that will make them money. Yeah, that's the way it works. It's not about creative decisions and it's not about artistic visions. It's about what makes the most money, surely. Well, yes. I mean, that's how the kind of people who, yeah, the, with the backlash of the woke agenda in Hollywood and everything, at the end of the day, if you don't make money, you're not going to have it made. It's that simple. I mean, the, I mean, the Terminator franchise has taken a quite, quite a huge hit recently as a result of that. So, yes, of course, it's, it's, it's driven by money. I'm just wondering if if you had care and attention of getting these things right to start off with, you wouldn't necessarily need to rewrite it. I mean, doing the as, as we've discussed before, the Last Jedi I personally didn't didn't enjoy that much. Did you not? But having said that, if they'd stuck to it and and said whatever they did in the Last Jedi went into the third film, then that would have been all right. But they got in a new director, they they balked at it, changed course direction, and that is where I think the untidiness and messiness of episode nine comes in. There's something to be said for having a vision and sticking to it and going, this is the story and I'm going to tell you the story and yeah, bear with me and I'll get to it. And I've got this vision and that that is satisfying for to watch that and go, I can understand why we went from point A to point Z. 
uh, point Z, point Z. I'm English. What the hell am I doing? Um, but, Very international for our fans, there, Chris. I I like it. If, if you if you hire a uh, a creative team to make your film for Ooh. you, just let yeah, them make you it. Let them make yeah, it. Yeah, you got to back them. You've obviously you've obviously decided that these people are good enough to make this film for you. So just let them make it. Don't sack them in the middle of it and hire Especially someone else. If you if you sack them in the middle of it, you haven't seen the realization of where they were going. Like for all I've got issues with um, the Last Jedi um, with Star Wars, it's one of those I don't know where Ryan Johnson was planning to go. Now I don't think he was planning to be the director of the last one, was he? No, no he, he wasn't. wasn't. So, so, so was he sitting? Yeah, that's a bit of a weird one, but it was um, going to be yeah, Colin Trevor Trevor whatever his name is. Yeah, director yeah. of Jurassic World. Oh no! It could be they had a destination in mind at the time, and that was where they were going, and then they just reacted. Um, and there is something to be said for that because, yeah, you, you take people where they're going to go, and people will fall in line, and they will in, they will get that that is the vision of what you're going with, and you'll have a consistent picture. But the other side of it, though, is if the audience wants something different, and they definitely want it, and it will appeal to them, then yeah, you're going to make more money if the, the audience is happy. Mm. But yeah satisfied and whether you turn around and go this is a great movie probably not if you just follow the audience because it's i i go back to um uh, mark kermo talks about uh what's the film um the film with the bunny boiler oh um fatal attraction fatal attraction and uh, uh he he talks about this in one of his books and i've listened to the audiobook it's very interesting and he talks about the cut of that film being very different it gets shown to testing audiences and they they kicked off and they said no no we we they need to kill the b- is the expression that was used and they went back and recut it and effectively killed her and it ruins the story but it gave you the audience what the audience wanted the audience doesn't always know what's best for a quality movie, but they know what will pop them. And, and it, it and depends I on what, feel you, what that, I thought that is best encapsulated by George R. R. Martin, no no stranger to doing controversial things in his stories. And he um, he has been asked, oh, you know, do you... Uh, I mean, it was in the context of being asked whether or not fans doing correct theories about his story would make him change them as a result. And he said, well, no, because if you're doing like a murder mystery and the butler did it, if they guess the butler did it, if you then change it to the maid did it, that could ruin your whole goddamn story. So I'm yeah, sticking I'm sticking to what I write. And then he's famously gone on record saying things like um, art or stories and everything are not a democracy. People do not get to vote how it ends. I'm doing the no. story that I want to do. And unfortunately, and then we juxtapose that to the TV series of Game of Thrones, season eight was so full of, hand, of fan service um, where um, it, it became, uh, it, it was so contrived to get you into that position, it became laughable. I should jump in at this point and go, there is a place for people to uh, criticise the way the direction of a series, and if you want to write it differently. And that's called uh, The Archive or Our Own. And you can start your own tori- story called, uh, and you can call yourself Death Walker and call this series Kingdom at War. I don't know what uh, you're King- talking about. Um, and, and then go and read many, many chapters of very quality fiction, um, of high quality fiction, sorry. And uh, that will take the story in a different direction. That's your option if you don't like it. Do you know the story of um, the ending of Seven? You know Seven, the uh, yeah. Brad Pitt movie? Yes. Yes. The uh, 
the ending where with the box and in and and the and Gwyneth Paltrow's head and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't bother with seven if you've not seen it before. That's the thing. Well, apparently it was all meant to end. Well, what happened was uh, the guy that wrote it, wrote his screenplay, and that was the ending. And he gave it to the Hollywood uh, execs. And they, of course, they rewrote it. And they, the, the ending became a um, uh, like a shootout in a church or something. Mm-hmm. Just a big action ending. And they were trying to find a director for it and they sent uh, a script to David Fincher who was a well-known and regarded uh, music video director at the time. And I think he'd already directed alien three by then. And uh, they sent him the script and he read it and he said, this, I love this. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll make this. And, um, he says, Oh, I particularly like the, the ending. With the with the box on on in you know and they go oh no the ending we sorry we sent you the wrong script the ending is a, a shootout in a church and uh, in the end David Fincher said I'll make it for you but I'm making the ending that you sent me not the not the shootout in the church and and that's how it happened so if it had been up to the the, the movie execs it would have been but fortunately, they sent him the wrong script, and the, the the right script got made. I'd just like to point out, as a fan of the show Prison Break, spoilers for Prison Break if you've not seen it and you ever plan on watching it, it's actually surprisingly good. There is, uh, you you can put somebody's head in a box and make it clear that it's that person's head in a box, and then resurrect that person a few series later when they agree to do another series. <laughs> Happen and explain it. You you can get away with it. So. It, oh, that's good. Allowed. So Gwyneth Paltrow's set for the seven sequel, yeah? Yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. If back. they want it to happen, they once, can do it. <laughs> once Goop fails, she'll be all over it. She'll be back in the MCU. She'll be doing 7-2. She'll do anything once Goop goes by the wayside. But that is very similar. Has she left the, the, the MCU? Sorry, jumping in there. Has she left the MCU? Yeah, she's saying she won't do it anymore. Oh, so, though she did give herself a slight, a slight um, in by saying that... Um, saying that if Robert Downey Jr. asks her to do it, it's like, you're not pivotal to the damn story, Pepper. Get get, get with the program. <laughs> we thought you'd gone before and then you came back. But I didn't know that about mm. David Fincher and Seven. But what, um, it's very similar to The Mist, uh, the Stephen King novel that got turned into a film. And the film, um, it, the, the director insisted that the ending from the book, which is incredibly dour, uh, was kept. I mean, in some ways, when you watch it, you can't believe that they've done it. And it's exactly my same reaction to Seven. I was quite gut punched. Most when... Stephen Kings get changed, though, don't they? Yeah, but <laughs> he insisted book. it wasn't. It, we, uh, I've, I've read the book. I'm a fan of the book, and, and the director said that's what I want to film. So, so the, t- the, the film execs were, were, were angling for a a happy resolution, a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, and he went no, no dice. That this is it. And um and 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 he got his way. So if you know if you're a bigger director like um like Frank Darabont or uh, David Lynch, you you get to do that. But yes. my question yeah. is, should fans should fans ha- have the expectation? I mean, I don't really believe that when they did a petition for season eight of Game of Thrones, 
and started crowd crowdfunding and all the rest of it that they really believed it would change. It's, it, it, I mean, I think I think the Snyder cut on HBO Max has a budget of about twenty million just to change things and do re-edits and, and all this kind of thing. But I think that's it. I mean, to, to, I mean, that's basically a budget for one episode of game of Thrones. So it's, 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 it's less likely to happen. Um, plus you also on your own work, essentially. Yeah. We've allowed this to be produced. And now it's, I mean, it is a, it is in some ways a middle finger to the studios. I'm sure they'll get over it if they make bags of cash, as Lawrence has said, it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just curious. And then the fact, where does it stop? And is this, part of a cultural thing about just re-editing and changing things that you don't like. You just don't have to think is good. Is it a case of we'll give you this, but we need to make it clear that this isn't the canon. We'll give you your version and, but our canon version is this version. So we'll, we'll still going with the cinematic cut, but yes, if you want this version and you're willing to pay for it, we'll give it to you um, and do you a, a different one. I don't know. It, it, it's a strange one. I can't, I can't see necessarily why you would go against what the public wants, but the public doesn't know what it wants all the time. It needs to be shown an alternative and show the resolution of it. Because it, the, the, the watching public doesn't know where your destination is going to be. If you've got plans for a long-term story and you give them, say, uh, The Last Jedi, for all my criticism, I don't know if Ryan Johnson or whoever was going to follow, should I say, um, and whatever the, the overall team had got planned, whether what they originally had planned was actually going to be really satisfy me in the next film. Just because I was annoyed with that one, it might be that I'd watch the next film and go, I understand all their creative decisions. That actually makes sense. They knew better than I did. Should they have followed? Should they follow what I want what I wanted? Everything would be a bit boring if I could predict what every film I wanted was going to be, surely. Well, would you have, I mean, if it was up to the pub- public, would they have voted for the death of Tony Stark? Would they have voted for Obi-Wan Kenobi's death? In I'd Star vote Wars? for Tony's death over Caps, but that's a personal thing. Yeah, all right, I'm on team are, we, um, are we suggesting that we, we should, like, do movie versions of the uh, the books, those books, the um, Choose Your Own Adventure books? <laughs> Go so like, there, during, go like, <laughs> during the movie, like it comes out and says, "If you want Tony Stark to be killed off now, vote one. If not, vote two. And like the audience in the cinema that night votes who they want to survive. Well, that as long as I can do the way. same thing as Peter Griffin in Family Guy, where he says that, okay, turn to page three, uh, page fifty, and he goes, oh, no, 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 Lois, I didn't take my <laughs> hand away. I'm going to go yeah. back. I'm going to go back and do it again. You do, you saw me, Lois. I didn't take my hand away. Like, okay, okay, Peter, you carry on. Woo, that was a close one. That could be a way potentially of testing a film to people. We're given multiple options of is this what you would want in this circumstance? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it. Yeah, but, but then we'll know what the audience would want. Then we'll get Duke not being killed off at the end of the G.I. Joe movie. We don't, we don't want the, the testing audiences, are an old uh, and, and well-trodden path for films. I get that. I get that, that, and that now we're going really deep dive as to most people are now going, who the hell's Duke? <laughs> Um, uh, I'm sorry. If you don't know who Duke is, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah. In the UK, that's we want you to switch off now. Yeah. If you don't yeah. know who Duke is, turn off your <laughs> turn off your uh, iPod player immediately. Uh, go into a dark <laughs> room, still... sit down, and think about what you've done. 
If you're still listening, it's Action Force the movie in the UK, G.I. Joe movie the movie in the US. They killed the character of uh, Duke originally, but then they had to change it and brought him back and kept him alive in the version that got released because of the death of Optimus Prime in Transformers, apparently. The audience couldn't cope with it. But, the, um, but, but that's what I mean. The actual testing, I mean, you've got, so you've got several, several different instances happening. You've got Solo, where during filming, they don't like what the directors are doing and change it. You've got instances like Seven, where the director differs from the studio and says, I'm doing this, and eventually they go, okay, and the movie's released as they want. And then you have someone where, where, where things get then shown the actual finished product is shown to an audience, a test audience who then say what they like and don't like. And it's mm. changed, which in some cases leads to poor Glenn close getting yeah. probably killed. It's, it, it yeah. seems, you know, there is no, you know, in some cases studios really go for the micromanaging approach and interfere and change things, take it off in the edit, all this kind of thing. They, they completely change it. And in others, completely hands off. And obviously, if you've got a director like Christopher Nolan who you trust, fair enough. He does what he wants. Mm. And he's earned that right. And then you've got other people who like Zack Snyder, where clearly Warner Brothers did not feel confident in what he was producing. I think it comes down to, is this the hill you're willing to die on? Is this categorically where you think this vision should go and it is pivotal to where you want to take the film? If you've not got a direction afterwards and you want to be taken in a di- and and you've you're you could easily be swayed, then yeah, why not let the audience do it? I've got to be perfectly honest with the Duke thing. I get the annoyance that it got affected by other films, but it would make no difference to me watching that film whether Duke died or not. I wasn't that invested in Duke as a character in my watched Action Force the movie. I was much more into Flint. Um, <laughs> And in General Hawk, they were the characters I was. And following. when he says he's into Flint, he means it in all the ways you can infer. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean Seven's another example of that. Where in the end, it is in my mind more effective that Gwyneth Paltrow's head is in the box, not because it's Gwyneth Paltrow, but because it's a dour story of nasty people doing nasty things, and it's yeah. it is it, it's a fitting end to that movie, and there was no plans for a sequel. Conversely, of course, Justice League and um, Solo and everything had a franchise potentially riding on it. So, yes, as as Lawrence has already said about half an hour ago, it's all about the money. Ultimately, that's what it is. And for the DCU, that's all they've got, quite frankly, is whatever money they can get. Because they haven't got the creative direction. They haven't got the fanfare. They've got whatever money they can get out of the audience. Take it and run, because you may not get a chance to do it again. Well, it's interesting because they they had Zack Snyder as supposedly the creative creative vision, and then they moved over to um, was it Jeff Jones and someone else's name who escapes me, and that's how we got yep. standalone Aquaman, um, standalone Wonder Woman, and the Joker movie. And then Jeff they, Jones is a great author, and and yeah, I can understand wanting to back him, but he's great for comics. Is he great for movies? Well, that's a very good question. But they but but, mm, but they have they? But, but they have changed again. So it's three course directions. I mean, say say what you will about Kevin Feige, but he's he's stuck. You know, he's the head of the Marvel film division. He's producing. Yeah, Kevin it Feige's all. got proper vision over everything, hasn't he? He's got control. Well, he never used to. But I think you see his that. credits on Daredevil, and I saw it on the Incredible uh, the Hulk with Eric Banner. So he he's had a few. He's a bit hit and miss up until Iron Man. Bless him. Yeah, he's learned. He's learned his lesson. 
Yeah. So yeah. So what's our conclusion then, gentlemen? That, that it's a good thing, but it's eventually going to be as as Hollywood should, guided by the money and what people are prepared to pay for. I think we've got a very awkward. It depends on the situation. Type answer. I, I think the money aspect is right in that. Of course, he'd say that. That was his a, point. A, yeah. Any <laughs> any excuse any excuse to release a new version on DVD. Yeah, agreed. And it has happened several times, hasn't it? I mean, how many times has Ridley Scott redone Blade Runner? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the big question I've got to ask you both, are you planning to watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League? I know I am. I haven't got HBO Max. Yeah, I don't know how I'd see it. I'm sure they will make it available in the UK one way or another, and if they do by a reasonable means, will you watch it? Yes, I will. By f- a free means, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, for yourself, Lawrence, is if it's free and won't cost you anything, then you're up for it. Yeah. Keith, you yeah. will make a way of finding a way of working it and uh, watching it yeah. and so will I'll, I. I'll either go, yeah, if it turns up on the streaming services, I'll watch it. And if not, I would probably get it on DVD just for the collection. And there you go. We are the audience in a nutshell for them. They know they've got a market. We've seen Justice League. We know roughly where it's going and we'll still watch to see if there's any differences. That's why they make remakes, because it makes money. Lawrence was right from the start. We should listen to him. <laughs> no, don't don't inflate Lawrence's ego any more than it's needed. But yes, it is guided by the cash, because that's that's what Hollywood is. It is a money-making... Money talk. They're in business, yeah. Money, money, money. Hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> who are you going to oh, trust? <laughs> well all i can say is I, I suppose this is a good point to end but if you've got to go go with a smile <laughs> <laughs> just don't mix your smilex products it's a bad idea <laughs> so there you go ultimately i don't think we really made a satisfactory conclusion there as to whether it's a good idea or not but we did, did all say that by the right if it was presented to us by the right means we would watch a director's cut. It's not like we're turning around and going, no, we will stand by the cinematic vision and we will not come back. Like, well, yeah, we certain, can be swayed. There's certain aspects where you, where us guys sitting there going, we don't want them to stand by the cinematic vision because it was rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, the, yeah. one of the best points, about? one of the best concluding points you make is that we think they should just make the film good in the first place. Yeah. Ideally, yeah. They and just, if they, if they they just, just had the attention that, for detail that they they shown later on when they kicked that person off, or be it changed changed complete direction of the film, then um, it wouldn't be necessary. It wouldn't cost them as much money either. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and, and the secret is if you don't want people to talk about re-releasing a film, don't tell them that there is a potential other vision. I think if you emphasise that there is a another vision of this film or we had to make changes so this doesn't reflect what the original director wanted then yeah you're going to get people latching on to well i could make a change here by getting this released it, if you don't say it, it we won't latch on it occurs to me chris that you know when this comes to being edited we could just turn around and say we, we could release both versions and be ultimately better <laughs> about the situation we are in our edited edited podcast we are going to release the unedited podcast and see which ones the fans prefer we will never release the unedited podcast keith for criminal liability purposes well halfway through i was going to say that it's not reflecting the attitude of of, of the critics guys podcast thank you very much <laughs> gentlemen where can people find you on the internet <laughs> 
Sorry. Keith is asleep, so we're not going to ask him. <laughs> Lawrence, where can we find you? Ooh. Um, I'm on Twitter. Lawrence, Lawrence underscore tech. And would you like to promote your other podcast? Um, I also Keith, that out of you. <laughs> I also have another podcast called the Dominic Diamond Try to Kill Me podcast. Um, uh, and I also have, while I'm talking, uh, I have uh, three books on Amazon. Can you remember the titles, Lawrence? Yes. They are uh, Company of Spies and Spy Slayer and Unseen Man. And they, thank you. They're all part of the, uh, the Prendergast Files trilogy. Excellent. That, that pause was brilliant, by the way. Yes, I can remember them. <laughs> and there's a little pause. Now I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, excellent uh, Keith in all seriousness where can people find you they on can the find me on archive of our own under the handle Deathwalker. brilliant uh, I you can find me at Critic Eye Chris I'm also about to be unleashed on your ear holes in uh, what I will describe as the greatest wrestling podcast ever which will uh, be dropping into your feed shortly um, we're looking at expanding on what we do in our podcasts and that's one of them i was going to ask um, what's this so, podcast about chris i can't what get, was that I, what what is this podcast about i don't get it from the title <laughs> it's the greatest wrestling podcast of all time keith oh well i'll i'll have to tune in and make sure i listen to it you make sure you do <laughs> thank you very much for listening everybody i was trying to help you out <laughs> I'm not used to helping me out. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Have a good evening. Bye.